So it's half past nine um, on Wednesday night, evening, and the, the sun's gone down, and I'm sitting in the garden. And it's, it's cooling down a little bit now. It's been a very hot day, uh, and the heat is gradually sort of seeping away. Uh, the trees are quiet. The willow tree, which was full of little blue tits earlier, is quiet and still. There's no wind. The washings sitting on the line, uh, no wind. And I can see down in Pontypridd, in the town below, I'm up on the hill here, halfway up a hill. Jack and Jill, did they, were they halfway up a hill? Anyway. Um, and I can see a massive crane, uh, yellow, and kind of, it's really easy to spot against the sky, uh, which is sort of smudged with kind of bluey-grey across the tops of the hills, and then above that, peachy, and then more kind of bluey stuff, and it's not dark, there's loads of those little midge things in the air um, but all the plants are it's peak summer let's let's say that uh, one of those you know phrases uh, peak summer <laughs> and um, well what can I tell you um, had quite a busy day very exciting <laughs> um, I can't tell you everything obviously because it's top secret um, you know, commercial confidentiality, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, this is my first podcast. Uh, you know, one of Andy's podcasts. And, um, well, I'm quite famous now because I, I, I was on the local radio station last week, GTFM, and the DJ said it was the best interview he'd ever done. But, you know, he probably says that to everybody, doesn't he? Uh, but, you know, it was quite good, you know. Um, talking about employability, um, which is kind of part of what I do. I was a careers advisor, um, <clears throat> started, trained at the South Bank Polytechnic, as was. First job in Derby, Derby Careers Office in 1984-5, the winter of. I think it was the winter of discontent, although there was a fair amount of discontent in Dole because there weren't any jobs on the jobs board. Um, it was all YTS, youth training scheme, uh, you know, to you kids out there, um, which was kind of loathed at the time. It was seen as slave labour because the young people doing what were in some places quite good apprenticeships but they were only getting a, a, a pittance you know nowhere near what proper apprentices back in the day w would have got so they were being exploited on all sides I think they only got I don't know what was it then um you know 25 29 50 you know they were so tight the Tories Mrs Thatcher 
Um, <coughs> anyway, so I've, I've wandered off the point a little bit. I'm, I'm reminiscing, and you have to allow me to do that. And, you know, I don't like to talk about my burgeoning uh, media career on the local radio station, GTFM. Uh, I will say GTFM quite a lot, because obviously that's what you're supposed to do, but... They were so impressed they'd like me to do a, a regular weekly slot um, where people will phone in and I'll answer their questions about, you know, careers matters, jobs, training, CVs, employability skills. You know, employability is the, the buzzword at the moment, um, certainly across the valleys, the Welsh valleys, South Wales, where where I live, where I've... Um, uh, fetched up after, after you know, growing up in Nottingham uh, and first job in Derby by way of the Black Country, uh, which, which was nice. Uh, nice canals, nice beer um, and so forth. A lot of industrial heritage and a lot of these places, you know, they had a big steelworks at the end of our road and... It was just being kind of mangled up into dust, a lot of which ended up on our car. Um, but the steelworks were swept away, just as it was in South Wales, places like Ebervale, you know, once one of the biggest, most modern steelworks in the world, um, and employed thousands, as did the Round Oak steelworks in Riley Hill, near, near Dudley. Um, Lenny Henry country... Um, so that was quite, you know, wiped off the face of the map. Probably ten or twelve thousand full-time, good quality jobs gone. All those guys, most of them probably never worked again. Um, you know, maybe one or two if they're lucky. And in in its place, and this was very uh, a kind of motif for the eighties, if you like. In its place, there was. On one side of the road that went through the steelworks, on one side was a big shopping centre, very nice, and, you know, McDonald's, other exploitative um, fast food chains are available, um, and, you know, cinema and all that sort of stuff, uh, you know, shops, blah, blah, blah. And uh, on the other side, eventually, they got around to building, because there was a canal ran through the site, a canal ran through it. I don't think it ever burst its banks. Um, the, the river, the canal never washed over the edge. But, um, you know, they sort of tarted it all up. Heritage Britain, very nice to look at, tourism, blah, blah, blah. And on the other side of the road, they built, you know, hotels, office... A um, bit more leisure, and the pièce de résistance of the site, which my kids loved when they were little. They can't remember it now, but the pièce de résistance was um, a flipping monorail, um, which went from the furthest flung car park right in the top corner, which was near the end of our road. Well, we had to go in the car; it was a bit of a trek, um, but you could get the monorail all the way into the the beating retail heart of the shopping centre. So it delivered you right to, you know, where you could spend your money. And this was Thatcher's Britain. 
in the in the early 80s you know retail jobs badly paid part-time mostly women nothing wrong with that but not full-time good quality skilled jobs that you know could feed a family of 10 for for a week um <laughs> you know and um so yeah so i've lost my thread slightly but um, I think the point I was making was that you know there are similarities between the industrial heartlands of the Black Country, the West Midlands, and and the other industrial heartlands of the Midlands and the North, um, and you know similarities between those areas and the South Wales Valleys. Fantastic areas, um, fantastic people, communities you know, kind of but decimated, really, by Thatcher in the 80s. And, you know, let's not beat about the bush. You know, when Thatcher said there is no such thing as society or community, whichever it was, the reason why there wasn't was because she wiped it all away. You know, generations of close-knit families, communities, little towns, getting along quite nicely, you know, few bumps in the road um, but she wiped all that away and it was all about the individual the selfish kind of grasping individual because that's what Tories are about that's what the conservative ethos is all about but you know don't get me started on that otherwise it'll be a whole different um, whole different podcast ball game you know um, so um yeah, so a lot of similarities and, you know, people have written a lot about the North um, as a, a kind of cultural and social entity and having uh, myself grown up in Nottingham, uh, my mum was from Sheffield, uh, you know, all her family grew up and worked and contributed in Yorkshire. She and her parents moved down to Nottingham, the greatest city in the world, obviously. Um, uh, and my granddad, my mum's father, was a commercial artist and very talented. And I'm telling you my family history here. Um, but, you know, as was the case when I did lectures at the University of Glamorgan back in the day. I, I will bring it all back together, um, you know, don't worry. So, yes, so, um, so my granddad was a commercial artist. He did watercolours, he was very good. Um, designed labels for jam jars and tin cans and all that sort of thing, but, you know, got paid in beans, really particularly after the Second World War, you know, when obviously the Americans brought beans over with them, um, um, Heinz beans. And, um, but his, one of his claims to fame, apart from being lovely um, and kind, very gentle man, one of his claims to fame was that he designed the sort of cupped hands round the woman's face logo for oil of Ule, Ule, whatever. Um, but, you know, and that's been used for 
for years. I mean, he died 76, 77, 78, maybe. Um, and, but, you know, he just got paid in, in beans. Maybe they were magic beans, you know, I don't know. Um, but, you know, they certainly didn't change his life. He, he, he had to work very hard, as did my mum and my dad, you know. They, they worked very hard. They were kind of came from a working class background in Baseford in Nottingham. Um, you know, which I could talk more about. Um, but I won't at this point. I'll, I'll save that for another occasion. But they worked hard and, became teachers eventually um, and so you know we were kind of you know working class going on middle class um, but you know I I feel um, you know I feel very strong kind of kinship with the working class really because you know I'm a working man my my kids work you know we're workers my my wife works so you know, we're certainly not Tories, <laughs> you know. Um, and, you know, as I said, don't get me started on Tories because, um, you know, they've done such a lot of damage and are still damaging um, the UK. Um, I, was, I was in Ferndale today, which is up the little Ronza, Ronda, Ronza, you know, um, the, the, the lesser of the two mighty Ronda valleys. And, um, I had a meeting at a place called the Arts Factory, which is fantastic community run project that does everything really for the community. And it's a brilliant place. Very cool. And, when I was walking back down the road to, to catch the bus back to um, Pontypris, where I live, I walked past a, a newsagent's and the whole sort of fascia frontage above the shop was red and said, just the sun. And I thought, well, you know, given the sun's record with its attitude to pretty much everything, from the Falklands to Brexit to Hillsborough in between, where they wrongly accused Liverpool fans of causing the, the terrible tragedy at Hillsborough. And, you know, God knows we've seen enough about that over the years. You know, most recently, um, the, the, the kind of inquests and the prosecutions and, um, you know, the next can of worms to be opened will be Orgrave, the, the so-called riot at Orgrave coking works, uh, uh, during the miners' strike in 1984, probably it was in that miners' strike. Arthur Scargill, other miners' strikes are available, obviously. Um, but in that miners' strike, the police sort of rode their horses at the striking miners trampled them, whacked people with truncheons, the, the works. And a lot of the police were pretty much a private army, you know, working for Thatcher and the Tory government to break the strike and to destroy the working class, destroy the miners, because, you know, they were a headache to the Tories, to the ruling class, 
and there was, you know, there was a lot of trouble at Orgrave, and and but what happened was all the police, when they wrote their statements afterwards in their little notebooks, you know, licking their little pencils and saying, well, on the fourth instant I was proceeding in a northerly direction and then I beat a load of people over the head with a truncheon. They didn't say that. They all wrote down exactly the same thing in their notebooks. They were told what to put. So it wasn't really a very, very reliable source of, of evidence. And, and this has been exposed by a guy called Michael Mansfield, I think he's a QC, who does lots of these kind of exposés um, via the legal system. Um, and so people have been pushing for a Hillsborough-style inquest investigation into what actually happened at Orgrave, because a lot of stuff happened, and most of it involved, you know, the police, the special patrol group, the SPG, the Met police, who were all up there, and those London boys, they certainly didn't like the Northerners, and I think they, they whacked a few heads just because they could, because, you know, they were Londoners, and they didn't like the North. And I think there was a certain amount of antagonism then um, between the South and the North. There still is, really. Um, so, OK, so, you know, I, I, I think I should wrap things up now. Um, I can't remember <laughs> what the point was, but this is the first of, you know... A series of podcasts, Andy's podcasts, um, from Wales, from the heart of the valleys, talking about the history of the working class and the fantastic things that the working class have done and have achieved, my family and many of your families included, and the, the stuff that's kind of gone on, which is so badly eroded, damaged these working class communities in the Welsh Valleys and elsewhere um, across the Midlands and the North. So when people talk about the North will rise again, and I think it is, it's getting there, but, you know, Wales and the West, they're, they're honorary Northerners uh, in, in, in that kind of... Um, pronouncement because you know the power is is in london the 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 the, the government in london is is continuing to hurt the working class in in wales by not giving them a fair share of the money that they're entitled to uh, as a, an independent allegedly independent government the labor government in wales are doing some great stuff, education, health, etc., but they don't have control of their own destiny completely, and, and so they're continually being shortchanged by the Tory government in London, who don't give them enough money, who cancel projects like the Tidal Lagoon project in Swansea just because they can. Um... So, yeah, so 
I think 20 minutes is about enough for, for ranting, but this is very calm for me. Uh, so perhaps we should call these podcasts Andy's Calm Rants. So um, I'll leave you now. Um, the moon is up. Um, it's a fantastic full moon. Uh, I feel a bit calmer now. I've vented and got a few things off my chest. And um, I'll talk to you again soon. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, and um, you're welcome. Okay, bye now. Hello. It's nice up the garden. The moon's coming up. I've been testing how to podcast that because Matt says that I should. He likes podcasts. What's this now, Susan? Oh, oh, okay. Is that Welsh or something else? That looks like. So I've spoken for 20 minutes. It's quite good. I've recorded the podcast. Mass says podcasts are good. And it's another way of kind of connecting with people. I've recorded the 20 minute podcast and I'm going to try and do one every week. I'll probably forget, but it's quite good. Like, just moaning about stuff, but in a calm way and talking about everything. It's very nice. Got more tea, Susie? You okay?